I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be. When away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried, Ship a And once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time, Brother Munn speaking. Our program here called A Fisherman's Five Minute Look at the Book. No, we're blessed by having the Mariner's Call. Hey, do you listen to our little five minute program during the week? It's usually heard Monday through Friday on most of these stations. Uh, if you call the station, they may can tell you when it is aired. But it's good to be with you. This is usually the weekend period of time. Thank you for just being there. This old Mariner saying ahoy and uh, ah. As far as radio programming is concerned, it's kind of the most exciting part for me. A lot of people make, uh, they laugh at me. They said that's because, Brother Mon, you can't see the audience. And that's not true because I'm looking at some of the audience right now. Some people that listen to our program on a regular basis has sent us a photo. And I have a collage of pictures behind the microphone here. So if you're out there, God bless you for just being there. If you'd like to send us a photo, do that. We'll put the picture up here. We won't call your name. And as far as pictures are concerned, if you want to even trade, we will trade with you. All right? Now, you're going to be on the losing. You'll be on the losing end. But thank you so much for being there. The book of John. John chapter 3, the fault at this time. Sometimes our programs heard early in the morning, middle of the day, late in the afternoon, at night, whenever you're listening. God bless you for being there. John chapter 3, verse 7 is our text. I'm going to be talking about how it is of necessity that I have a birth from above. A birth from above. You said, what is that, Brother Mon? A birth from above. You know, one of the greatest things to know in life concerns the matter of salvation. You said, uh, like what? Do you have peace and assurance in your heart that you are really saved, that you're really a Christian, that heaven is your home, that on the other side of the grave, my friend, you have life instead of, instead of death, especially thinking about the second death. You know, this program is actually dedicated. I'd like to say... I'm so thankful that God gives us an opportunity to be on the radio. I want to show some concern. I want to help people, you know, with the subject of the new birth. My friend, I was all mixed up in the past about this. It's because the word basically has just degenerated. It just... It has no meaning. Now, it has meaning in the Bible. It does have meaning to me. But as far as the lost world is concerned, there was a time when you said, born again, oh, put the fear of God in people because people started thinking about their relationship to God. But now, I, I, I was just reading, I, I read about born again auto sales. I read about born again books, born again brass, born again books. Born again boat rides, born again business, you know, where some entrepreneurs 
they'll come in to revive a dead business, you know. So born again, what does it mean, you know? Degenerated to the point whereby it just has no meaning, but does have meaning. I want to help you with this. And I hope today that you are a born-again Christian. If you are, you can say, Amen. In fact, I've had some people to write every once in a while, and they said, Brother Mon, when you say something I like, I say, Amen. Do you hear it? No, I don't hear it. Uh, if also there are some that still have questions in your mind, I hope so, some way God will work to clear it up. What about, Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. And notice the words of our Savior now is in what we call the, in the imperative mood. That's the mood of a verb that expresses a command, an order. In other words, Jesus just did not say, you may be born again, or you should be born again, or you ought to be born again, or it would be profitable or to advantage. Jesus didn't recommend the new birth. He said you must. So it, it never could be overemphasized or preached too often. Yet I believe it's one of the most neglected of Bible subjects in pulpits today. And as far as the doctrine of most people in churches, they're just so confused about it because they don't know. They've heard this born again so often. What does it mean? In the text, now let's use our text. I think Jesus answers a number of questions here as to this subject. First of all, who must be born again? Who's that for? Is that for me? Is that for you? Who must be born again? When we hear the, when we hear the, uh, we think about the truth that's presented here, the thing that comes to our mind, since the new birth is a radical change, and it is, how do you know you're a Christian, Brother Mon? God changed my life. It's a radical change for those who've fallen into the depths of sin. We think about those who are all forms of, of uh, you know, crime, the alcoholic, the drug addict, the child molester, the atheist, you know, the people whose lives and morals are corrupt. They need to be born again. But, you know, in our text, we're going to look at something strange. All right. Jesus is not talking to someone like that. Jesus is talking to a good man. He said, what? A good man. And he looks into the face of this good man. And he said, marvel not, verse 5. Or, well, verse 7, I'm sorry. He says the same thing in verse 5. He said, but verse 7, he says, marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. All right? He's talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus said, what are you, what are you talking about? You must be born again. Who, who is this for, my friend? This man here is an unusual man. He's called in chapter 3, verse 1, a Pharisee, a very religious man. Prays two hours a day. We think about fast two times or two days a week. He tithes of everything he has. He's just so very orthodox as far as his beliefs are concerned. And Jesus tell this, tells this man, he says, you must be born again. Who is this? Not only a Pharisee, but he's called a ruler of the Jews. This is a religious title. This man is a member of the Sanhedrin court, the court of authority, the highest Jewish assembly of government, only 70 members. And he's talking to one of the 70, and he's looking in his face, and he says, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews? Now, a master in Israel? Now, what, what is that? Once again, that has to do with his knowledge 
of religion and religious practices, especially as it identifies him with Judaism. This man is no more than just, uh, he's a theologian. This man is, a, a, you know, a, he could be associated with the most uh, educated of men today in the realm of theology. I mean, o- over those who have, we would say, a PhD, this is a theologian. And Jesus looks at this good man and he says, you must be born again. So who is this born again experience for? All right. If the new birth is for even the religious, the good, it must encompass all. So it's for the honest, the dishonest, the moral, the immoral, the sober, the drunk, the religious, the ungodly. It's for all, for me, for you. What is it to be born again? This is what Nicodemus didn't understand. Jesus said in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. All right, Nicodemus, this is a spiritual birth. I don't understand. What do you mean a spiritual birth? In verse 4, he talks about going into his mother's womb and and to be born. See, he's putting his head to work. This man is a scholar. He's a great reasoner, and he's trying to reason this out, and it don't make sense. Going into my mother's womb and be born again. That doesn't make sense. Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. I'm not talking about a flesh birth. I'm talking about a spiritual birth. As far as this birth is concerned, as in a physical birth, you got life. In a spiritual birth, you get new life. And this new life is in Christ. And this new life is what you believe. Oh, we think about being born again. It has to do with your belief and who you believe in. In fact, John chapter 3 and verse 16, these words are given to Nicodemus. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, that whosoever believeth in him, you got, you have that part? Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is a spiritual birth. Well, when it comes to my belief, when I say I believe, I trust the finished work of Christ, what Christ did there on the cross, the blood shed. The true blood shed for me. I believe I am put into God's family by the Holy Spirit. It's called a spiritual birth. What's 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 the problem here? Why must I be born again? Nick, everyone needs this experience. Nicodemus, as far as this birth is concerned, this is a spiritual birth. He may look at Jesus and said, what's, what's, what's wrong with my physical birth? Why must I be born again? Because I was born wrong the first time. Oh, once again, Jesus is talking to an unusual man here. He said, what do you mean born wrong? He had the best birth of anybody. He's born a Jew. This is the, a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You can't get any better than this. I'm not a heathen. I belong to God's people. I'm a Jew. Jesus said, Nick, you got to be born again. That first birth, oh, it's no good. He not only, as far as a person, but as far as the place, he was born in the right place. He's born in the nation, the land of Israel. He's a Jew, the land of Israel. And you look at him in the face and say, you must be born again. These things did not help him because his mother and father, even though they were good people, were sinners. And when Nicodemus was born, he was born a sinner. And there's no way to get out of that.
Religion can dress up the flesh. Oh, but religion will never provide a birth. Nick, you have to be born again, spiritually dead. You need a birth from above. What are the results of the new birth? I like this. Physically speaking, you receive three things from natural parents. You receive a position, which is a legal standing. You receive a name, which identifies you with that family. You receive the nature, or nature, or the nature of that family. And that was true of me. My name is Andrew Wayne Munn. I am identified with the Munn family. I was somewhat like, if you would have known my father, you would have Almost, you said, Brother Mon, you look like your father. You've acted like your father. You said, why? Because he's my father. I took the nature of my father, of the family that I was born into, also the nature of my mom, too, in many ways. Now, the same thing is true of those who have a heavenly birth. You said, what are you talking about? Oh, a legal standing in God's family. But as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. I have a name now that identifies me with that family. It's see, Christ is in me. So you said, what are you? I'm a Christian, a Christian. Who are you? I'm a son of God. Who do you follow, my friend? Jesus Christ. He is my Savior. I am a Christian. And then a nature, the nature of that family. Oh, yes, like in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, it talks about divine, a divine nature. I when God saved me, I'd have God living on the inside of me in the person of the Holy Spirit. Yes, the old flesh is the hair, but I have a new nature, my friend. And that's the very nature of God. Hence, merciful, kind, loving, and as far as God is concerned, wanting to live right, holy, and sinless, and pure, and spotless. The very nature of God. Where'd you get that from? A heavenly birth. Have you been born again? Until next week, Fisher Mund saying goodbye.